unveiling the secrets A-list copywriters use to make themselves and their clients millions. This is the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. Welcome back to the Copywriters Podcast with your host, the world's greatest copywriting coach, David Garfinkel. David, how are you doing today? I'm good, Nathan. How are you? I'm good. As we're recording, it's the first week of the new year, and I'm excited for everything that we've got coming for us this year, including today's episode. So I'm going to hand it over to you. Yeah, I'm excited too. Our guest today is Meg Casebolt, founder of Love at First Search and host of the social media, the social slowdown podcast. And I think the keywords here are love and slow. And yes. let's see if I'm right. Yes, absolutely. And search. We like search a lot too. We like search. Um, Meg's been very successful with a long-term search optimization strategy she uses for clients. One example you should find interesting, Meg's client, Sarah Frandina, showed up third for keyword conversion copywriter, and this is organic, not an ad, mm -hmm. yesterday when I searched for that term on Google. Third on the page of organic search for conversion copywriter, not too shabby. You may remember legendary copywriter Gary Bensavenga had a huge success with the headline, Get Rich Slowly. Well, Meg's approach is similar. She doesn't go for the black hat tricks and other gimmicks popular among some marketers. She says, we don't believe in quick fix formulas that promise the world, but break your heart when you see they don't work. One key element of Meg's long-term, long-lasting approach, the strategic use of empathy in keyword research. Empathy, which could be seen as an appropriate expression of love. It's an approach I've never heard of before in the specific way Meg talks about it. So I'm looking forward to talking with her about this in a minute. But first, I'm looking forward to saying that copy is powerful. You're responsible for how you use what you hear on this podcast. And most of the time, common sense is all you need. But if you make extreme claims and or if you're writing copy for offers in highly regulated industries like health, finance and business opportunity, you may want to get a legal review after you write and before you start using your copy. My larger clients do this all the time. So, Meg, welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, it's it great is to my have pleasure. You. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. So let's get right into it. You know, the term empathy comes up a lot, but I'm not so sure everyone really understands the difference between good empathy and bad use of empathy or no empathy at all. Could you give us a quick example of each, say, for weight loss keywords? Sure. So when I think about empathy, it's about putting yourself into someone else's shoes. That doesn't mean you had to have had the same experience. It's much more like you can think about how someone else might be feeling in a given situation. And I would say that a good example of empathy when it comes to copywriting and search terminology and everything along those lines would be my client, Cassie. She is a registered dietitian and an intuitive eating coach. And her target audience is women who are are above the age of 50, especially that kind of postmenopausal space where your metabolism slows down and it gets harder to lose weight. And you know, the places where your body carries weight shifts 
and she really wants her clients to feel better in their bodies, but especially women in that time frame in their lives have spent a lot of their times in this kind of all or nothing dieting mentality. And when they go through menopause, they experience a lot of weight gain because of these changing hormonal issues. And so when she has worked with other people on her search strategy before, they have left to the most obvious search term, which is like, lose weight now, lose weight today. You lose 10 pounds in five minutes, you know, like just don't eat for a month. And then suddenly you'll, you're, you'll be super happy with your body. Right. And there are a lot of people out there for whom that is the goal. Just, just lose weight at all costs. And my client Cassie wanted to take a really different approach to this because she knows that those people are not ready for her right? They're still kind of in this rapid weight loss space. So instead of focusing on, you know, the the rapid fix weight loss, the, you know, how to lose X amount of pounds, what we decided to do for her strategy is to really empathize with that, that feeling of, of being disappointed in what hasn't worked. And so instead of lose weight now, it's like the search terms that we're looking for are like diets aren't working or trying to cut out sugar, but I can't stop eating sweets. You know, like what are those moments that people are really struggling with? It's not just this general big picture idea of, you know, I need to be the weight that I was when I was 20. It's more like, I'm really trying to make this work and I binge eat at night, you know, like very specific moments in those people's lives. So instead of just trying to get found for that large volume, big picture search term, we try to find content strategy that both recognizes the problem and then gives an option that's a healthier solution. So she has a great blog post called lose weight at 50 without wasting time on extreme dieting, right? recognizing the desire of losing weight at that age range, but also recognizing you've already tried all these things that don't work. So what can we do instead? Okay. That's good. That's a really, really good contrast. I appreciate that. So back in the day, 10 years, 20 years ago, it was keyword stuffing. It was black hat trick. Those days are over. Google won't even put up with it. Um, Thank goodness. Now it's AI that's the problem. You know, like it's always going to be something. (laughs) AI is, oh boy. Yeah. That's that's a different podcast. We can talk about that a whole other time. Yes, it is. But what our strategy, so I I like the idea of empathy. I mean, I'll, I'll just say personally, it's always all the black hat stuff, all of the you know, the, the keyword stuffing it never made sense to me. Maybe it's because I come from a background in, you know, on the editorial side of journalism. And, you know, if you, it always seemed to me if you give people good content about what they're interested in, good things will follow. But anyway, I didn't invent the internet and or it is marketing. So you have some specific strategies for using empathy with keywords. Um, could you talk about, could you tell us, you know, one of them? Sure, of course. So I think, you know, in in the way that you just said, 
you know, if you give good content, then people will react to that. I think we don't have to always speak to the lowest common denominator. We can really think about what it is that your ideal client needs from you and give them the information that is appropriate for where they are in that customer journey. You know, when people are searching for a solution, there are typically three places that they turn to. They either go to, you know, their friends and family and they're like, what, who, who's, I mean, I just went to the dentist. So that comes to mind, like, who's your dentist? They go to social media and they're, you know, in my town, we have this mom's group where we say like, <laughs> who does everyone love as their dentist? We post it there. If you yeah. don't have those two referral sources, then they go to Google. Like that's the place that people will go and they'll look at the reviews and they'll check those things out. So if you're thinking about how your ideal client or, you know, for copywriters, how your client's ideal client might be searching, think about what are the things that they already know? What are the things that they may have already tried? In the case of a dietitian like Cassie, it's like, well, my clients have already probably tried the grapefruit diet and the master cleanse diet and they're tired and they're exhausted and they want an alternative. So sometimes it's not about getting the most obvious, you know, opening the door idea, but really having an understanding of all of the different solutions that your potential client has already tried, all of the different frustrations that they have, and figuring out what is the thing that they need in this exact moment. Yeah, so I agree. The question is, how do you recommend people find out where their prospects have gone before? Obviously, you can ask someone who's you know, your client, if, if you're a copywriter, or if if you're the business owner, you can ask your customers, your clients, but are there other ways to, you said figure it out. I, I think that's good for people who have a lot of experience and intuitive knowledge of it, like you, but for someone who's a little less sure of what to do, do you have any tips on, on figuring out where your customers have been before? Sure. I think voice of customer research, just from a copywriting perspective, is a great place to start. Obviously, if you already have existing clients or prospects that you can, you know, have a one-to-one -one conversation or send out some sort of questionnaire, that's an amazing place to start. But there are also plenty of, you know, Facebook groups or personally, I'm like off of Facebook group, Facebook, I'm over it. If I have questions, I go to Reddit. And I just find a relevant subreddit and I'm like, let me just dive deep into the things that people are curious about, because often this is a place where people are asking questions and voicing their concerns. And they'll say things like, well, you know, I tried this and this and this and it didn't work. So what do you recommend? And I think that places like online forums like Reddit are amazing for, I mean, I use Reddit for pretty much everything at this point. All my book recommendations yeah. come from Reddit too. Reddit or, too. you know, I know that a lot of people will use those Amazon reviews. I'm sure, you know, many, many people listening to this are familiar with Amazon reviews, but I'm a much bigger fan of Reddit for <laughs> everything in life. Okay. So everybody put on your list, check out Reddit. When you have some copy and the performance of the copy is mission critical, who are you going to call? Not Ghostbusters. They don't do copy critiques last time I checked. A lot of people, from the most advanced to the up-and-coming copywriters, reach out to me. I do copy critiques. One client, Brett Alcorn, has hired me 20 times. Yep, 20 times. That's because on the very first critique I did for him, he doubled his conversions on a video sales letter. Every month, I do a handful of critiques for GKIC members. 
These are copywriters and small business owners who are trained and experienced, but they need another set of experienced eyes to go over their copy to take it to the next level. One A-lister told me, I go over copy like an IRS auditor. Now, I wasn't sure whether to take that as a compliment or not, but he assured me it was. He said, I can find the one flaw or several flaws in copy that no one else was able to and make winning suggestions on how to fix them. So when you need a copy critique, just go to garfinkelcoaching.com and click on the services tab, garfinkelcoaching.com for a critique. Thank you. And now back to the show. I have a a friend who's kidding, but he said, red has ruined my life because he just goes down these rabbit holes and he never comes back. You, You know, I went down a rabbit hole on Reddit recently about how to create specific ruins, like ruins, like yeah, I know. Um, visual, I know yeah, visual runes for languages that you've made up. It's like there's nothing that's not on Reddit. So <laughs> if if you're thinking like, what would I even search for? Just search for whatever you would search for. And then look at the Google reviews. That's a good place to start. We can talk about that too. But then just type in Reddit and it will find whatever the weird thing on the internet is that you want to search. It's on if if it's on the internet, it's on Reddit. <laughs> okay. That's good. So you're you have another step that has to do with understanding your clients why. Could you talk about that a little bit? Sure. So I think, you know, part of what we need to do is not just what is that phrase that somebody might type in. What is the thing, the words, the exact, you know, terminology that they're going to type into Google, but understanding the intention behind what's going on in their lives. You know, everyone has a reason for going to Google. Sometimes, you know, in my case, it's like, oh my gosh, I can't, I I don't know the answer to how deep the Mariana Trench is, but my eight-year-old keeps asking me. So I'm just going to go, you know, ask Siri or ask Google or whatever. But usually with some of these specific things where it's like, okay, let's say that someone's looking for a copywriter and they're going and Googling conversion copywriter and maybe finding my friend Sarah. But what is it specifically that that person needs? Do they need a new email sequence written? If so, why? Right? Is it because they don't have one? Is it because sequence isn't converting very well? Is it because they're having writer's block when they're trying to DIY it? Is it because, you know, like, what is the reason behind the search? Because the search is just scratching the surface of what's happening why people are are wanting to make a change. And That's interesting. You, you know, clear- you know what you're reminding me of is what we do as copywriters, not when we're setting up a keyword strategy or a search strategy, but when we're writing copy, we want to think, what's the conversation already going on in the prospect's mind that would yes. motivate them? So I, I really like that. And I think everyone listening to this who's familiar with that old Robert Collier phrase can relate it to what you're talking about, which is great. Totally. It's not just, I want to lose weight in our original example. It's also, I want to lose weight because my reunion's coming up, because my kid's getting married, because I'm, you know, I'm feeling really lethargic. Like, what is the reason behind the search? And then you can bring that up in your copy. You can put that in even into your SEO title, if it's appropriate, to get the click through. Because if your copy is supporting what's happening in your SEO title, then you're going to convert really well. But just saying, here's the keyword stuff, stuff, stuff it into these five places without recognizing the reason is not going to convert nearly as well as once people get there, they feel like they're 
desire or their emotions is acknowledged on the page. Okay, that, that's really good. I know you have a third one about solutions, and I want to hear it. Then I, I have a question for you about that afterwards. But could you talk about your your strategy, your empathy strategy, and providing a solution? Sure. So, I mean, a lot of people will go and search for something and then find the information without any idea of what the next step is. I think <laughs> I think we've all been in this boat where it's like you have like heartburn or something and you go and you find the thing that's like, well, here's all the diseases you could potentially have if you have heartburn. But it never says like, take a Tums. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. There's so much information on the internet. And the reason, one of those whys that we're looking for when we're going to search is to solve a problem. But often it's like, well, heartburn is because your AOR, you know, your trachea is blah, blah, blah. You know, like, I don't need to know why. I need to know what to do next. Right. I right. tell the story sometimes about my friend Megan. She she woke up one night because her dog was barking and the dog never barks in the middle of the night and she walked into her kitchen and there was a raccoon in the middle of her kitchen. Oh, oh. <laughs> right. No. I, I like, want to hear the rest of this. No, come on. That's she didn't okay. like sit down on the couch and wait for a Facebook ad that was like, what to do when there's a raccoon in your kitchen, right? She she went to Google and she wasn't like, hmm, what's the largest size of a female raccoon, right? Like she wanted to know, can I get this raccoon out of my house or do I need to call pest control? Is How do I know if this raccoon what is What did she do? How did she do it? <laughs> what she read on Google is that you block and now now people are going to have their raccoon contingency plans right she blocked off the kitchen because the raccoon had come in through the dog door uh -huh. and then she turned on the lights in the rest of the house turned off the lights in the kitchen and then just made a bunch of noise and the raccoon just walked out it didn't huh? like the noise so it gave her a solution that she could accomplish without having like a $500, you know, San Francisco County pest control, whatever, come to her house. It was just a raccoon in her pantry eating the crackers. Like it wasn't harmful. It was just, she needed the solution. Raccoons are tough and they don't scare you. See? They are not nice. No. Now here's the thing, the question I want to ask you, if you provide a solution, and people are looking for a solution, then what incentive will they have to contact you for services or buy your product? Sometimes the solution is contact me or buy my product. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> Sometimes that it's okay to have the solution be, and here's how to work with me. You know, I have, I have, a hundred videos on my YouTube channel explaining how SEO works. But I still say to people, if you want some help about figuring out how this works, not just theoretically or what the best practices are, but having a conversation about like what this means for your business, here's mm -hmm. how to book a call with me. Here's how to join a program with me, you know, having that personalized solution. I think especially for, for copywriters who are selling their own services, yeah, you can, you know, give people a template, but then they're still going to have moments where they get stuck when they get stuck now you are the voice of expertise you are the one that they trust so it doesn't have to be the the ultimate solution forever is you know you have to hire me or else you won't get anything else sometimes the solution is here's the next step and then working with me can be the step after that i just want to add it's been my experience giving away all kinds of value and, and giving away all of the nooks and crannies of how whatever it is that you do works. Typically, if it's a good business owner, 
they're going to look at it and they're going to be like, wow, this person really knows their stuff and mm-hmm. there's a lot here and I'm busy. And how much can I pay you to do this for me? Yes. <laughs> in, in the Google algorithm, they, they use the, the acronym EAT, EAT, for expertise, authority, and trustworthiness. Google uh-huh. wants to see all of that in your content. If you are showing expertise, authority, and trustworthiness in your content, you're more likely to show up. And the reason they care about that is because if you are an authoritative, trustworthy expert, then you're more trustworthy in general. People are going to want to work with you. And what Nathan just said about, you know, I trust you, how much can I pay you to just do this for me? Yeah, I have hundreds of videos and blog posts and stuff about this. People come and they go, I don't want to learn this. Can you just tell me exactly yeah. what you I, I want to learn that every you know single what you're talking post. about, but yes. I don't want to learn this stuff. Yes. I want to learn just enough to know I'm not being swindled. And then I want you and your team to come up with a plan for exactly what to write. And so that's what we do now. The majority of our business is not even teaching people SEO. It's doing plans for people who don't, who will go do the basic DIY and then go, Oof, I don't want to learn this anymore. Can I just hire someone to come up with a strategy? Okay, and I think the same is true for a lot of copywriters where, you know, people will go get the sales page template and then go, whew, I don't want to learn how to do this. Who can I hire? <laughs> I agree. All right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your last tip on empathy and it has to do with developing content. Could you talk about that a little bit? Yeah. So I think, you know, when we were speaking at the beginning about the ways that people get information, they go to their friends and family and word of mouth solutions. They go to social media. They go to search engines. But Mm -hmm. sometimes there are more emotionally sensitive topics that they don't want to broadcast to the world. I think about things like mental health questions, medical questions, legal questions, relationship things, you know, anything related to sex. We know they're going to Google. They're not going to Facebook. So, you know... Every every January, there's a big spike in people searching for divorce attorneys <laughs> without fail because people have spent a lot of times with their in-laws over the holidays and they go, Oof, let me look into these options. They're often not going to their friends and family and saying like, my, my marriage is falling apart because they're not ready to do that yet. They don't want to seem vulnerable. And so search engines can be a really safe place to explore any of those sorts of sensitive topics. So if you are doing some copywriting for people in the mental health space, the, you know, any of any of those sort of more sensitive areas, this is where empathy is really important. (laughs) You know, you don't want to show up in those Google ads or the Google search results and be like, you know, struggling with an eating disorder, here's how to fix it, right? Like you want to really have some honest and thoughtful approach to what people need in that moment versus trying to exploit their pain and weakness. That's really good advice. Yeah, I can tell you've thought about this a lot and you've really developed it into a coherent philosophy. I really appreciate that. Do you have any special offers or would you like people just to contact you if they'd like to have a question, want to work with you? Yeah, if you have any questions, hit us up over at loveitfirstsearch.com. 
we'd love to hear from you and hear what kind of worked for you. And we work with a lot of copywriters also to help you figure out the, the search terms for your clients. So if that's something you want to talk about, come check us out and we can have a, just a conversation. That's how I like to start things. It's not like, you know, get into the funnel and go from there, but like, let's just, let's hop on a call. Let's have a conversation. I like that. That's how I like to do things too. Yeah. This podcast is a perfect example of what we were talking about earlier. They tune in because they're like, hey, I want to learn more about how to do keywords for uh, search results. They listen to the podcast and they're like, wow, that was a lot. I'm just going to hit this <laughs> mega girl up and see what she can do for me. And folks, that's how it works. <laughs> so one more time before we're out of here, Meg, where can people go to check out your work and maybe connect with you and work with you? Sure. You can find everything about our SEO agency over at loveatfirstsearch.com. Uh, we also have a podcast called The Social Slowdown, which is at socialslowdown.com, where we are exploring how to kind of disconnect from a dependence on social media. Not to say that social media is bad or wrong, but to make it not the, the crux of your marketing strategy, but maybe just a piece of your marketing strategy and focus more on typically content marketing and relationships marketing instead of only, you know, <laughs> you know, if, if TikTok goes down or Elon Musk continues to destroy Twitter, don't let your business go down with it. It's basically my approach to all of it. <laughs> well, you know, cesspools aren't bad or wrong either, but they're not the most pleasant place to hang out. <laughs> Yeah, and I think a lot of people will automatically go to the places where people are hanging out because it's easier than creating your own community, but it's there, there are pros and cons to everything. So we're just kind of exploring that relationship between entrepreneurship and social media and mental health and trying to help people figure out whether they want to be there. And if so, how they can hold really strong boundaries to protect themselves from some of the, the toxic environment happening in those spaces. And, and that's, that's the social slowdown. Is that where, Apple Podcasts, wherever podcasts are found. All the places. All the places. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for coming on. We really appreciate you. And if you, the listener, enjoyed this episode, make sure that you also find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found, copywriterspodcast.com. We're on Spotify now. Did you know that? Ooh. <laughs> Go write a reboot, y'all. All right. And make sure that while you're there, you subscribe, write a review like Meg just said, and we will catch you next time. Catch you next time. Thanks, Meg. Thank you. Hey, did you enjoy today's show? Want to help get it into the ears of more listeners? Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. This is the Copy and Funnels Podcast Network.